This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I was going to bring up as at least a question, if not the biggest question, but it plays into your point here is who will be their sixth man? You know, like like who's going to be the sixth man on this team and maybe a two parter or another element of that question. And part of, again, what I think what you're saying is not just who will be their sixth man, but who will be their best player off the bench. And, and, and maybe you can. Maybe you can quantify that in different ways, whether it's scoring, whether it's defense, whether it's playmaking, whatever it is, who will be their sixth man and or their best player off the bench? Maybe the answer to that question is the same person. Maybe it's not. But again, like you mentioned, it it felt like the last certainly the last time we did a podcast and when the season ended, there was a thought, well, ideally Kevin Porter Jr. is featured as a sixth man, somebody that could come off the bench and lead a second unit. That's how he's best suited. That's how, like individually, that's probably how he's best suited. And that's probably what's best for the team if it indeed is going to be serious about competing, which we've already explained why and how they will be this year. You know, we opened the podcast with that, right? They are the difference between this year and previous years is they are trying, you know, what's the difference between making Kevin Porter jr. Your full-time starting point guard and making him your sixth man, the difference between trying and not right. Like I, I think it could, it could ultimately come down to that. And that's where the Rockets are. That doesn't seem to be like a viable option anymore, given the situation with Kevin Porter jr. And with that being the case, what does that mean for the guys that are left on that bench? Who's the one that's going to step up, you know, Rockets Twitter. And I, I think not just I, I should not deduce it to Rockets Twitter, but I, I, I feel like Rockets Twitter and the basketball community is really, really high on Tari East. And that's someone who's going to definitely be coming off the bench. But what's the step that he's going to take in you know in year two you know as a guy who was really impressive as an energy guy in his first year what's what are is he going to improve on all the things that we've talked about here on this show that he needs to improve on could he be that guy is Amon thompson ready already is he already ready you know to be that guy i think maybe it's unfair to expect it but i don't think it's unfair to ask the question if it's possible, you know, especially based off of what we saw very, very little of him in, in a summer league game, but also how his athleticism and skills project to the NBA level. Could he be that guy? Who is that guy? Like that's probably not the biggest question going into training camp. 
Uh, but you could say you could make the, the argument that it is because I, I mean, I, I think some of those other things that we've already hit on the show are the biggest questions. But given the Kevin Porter Jr. situation and, you know, that's going to be its own topic and its own thing to ask and discuss when y'all get there. But the 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 on the basketball end, on the Rockets end of it, how does it affect the team? You know, ultimately, you're going to be wondering who who is the sixth man and or the best player coming off this bench. We don't have a great answer for that. Probably won't necessarily know by the end of training camp, but it's something that we've definitely got to keep an eye on and be monitoring throughout the season. Yeah, I think that when you think sixth man, you almost always think of the score. Um, and I don't know if they're going to have that. You know, I don't know if they're that, – that's kind of what I was talking about just with, you know, where does the offense come from when they do go to the bench? Who is going to be that guy? To me, they're uh, – of the – you know, I mentioned who I thought the five guys w- would be the starters. I, I mentioned the starting five, but at least what I think it's going to be. To me, once you get past those five, the best player that you have would be Tari Eason. But I don't see Tari Eason as a guy who's just going to come in and provide instant offense. That's just not who he is, and I don't think that's who they want him to be. Um, so I, I think it's going to be that, that's why I was kind of bringing up just how the, how the rotations work, because I think that for them without Porter, it's, it might be hard for them to find offense. And I think they're going to have to get creative with how they work this. Like you mentioned the men Thompson, is he ready to take on that? Like, is he ready to run an NBA second unit at this point of his career? I think that that would be asking a lot. Uh, and, and I don't think that's necessarily what they wanted him to do back when they drafted him in June. But I think that at this point, he's probably going to be thrust into that role because there's nobody else. Uh, I, I don't think, is, you think Cam Whitmore is ready to take on some sort of a big scoring load right now? I don't think he is. I think that's going to be something that is going to take some time. And I think that he's got some, some weaknesses in his game, uh, especially when it comes to shooting. So I think that that would be asking a lot. So I think so, that's- So, what, uh, so not to cut you off, but I, I was going to ask- before you brought it up, when you said get creative, that was going to be my creative, not solution, but I, but I. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply if you will what if getting creative because I, I think we do agree that cam whitmore could probably benefit from some g league time or mm-hmm. from not necessarily being thrust into that role i think we agree there but given the situation that we're talking about and given that cam whitmore can't put the ball in the bucket which is ultimately the, the name of the game he's got a knack for doing that at the very least maybe to his own detriment right now <laughs> you know one of those things where you're like a prisoner of your own success like you realize you can do some special things and so you try to do too many special things he feels like that guy right now like oh i'm really good so now i think i'm better than i actually am uh he, like he's totally that guy right now and i i have a certain level of respect for that but what if that's the creative or a part of being creative with how to how to produce offense and how to score off the bench, given that maybe your initial plan is not one that's going to be one that you can use. So like it, it, 
it, could he be could some mixture of playing the rookies early maybe it's Amon Thompson as the playmaker and and shot creator and Cam Whitmore as just a natural born scorer that is the the creative way of saying hey let's just let's let the rookies sink or swim and see if they can see if they can produce off of raw talent here isn't that kind of what they did the last couple of years no, but on the bench, though, as their second unit, you know, like like now Jalen Green and Alperin Shingun are veterans. Jabari Smith Jr. is he's, is at least a veteran to some degree because he's played he played a lot of basketball last year. And, and you add Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks into the equation. You don't have immaturity and inexperience and just like it's not a clown show in the starting lineup. And I don't, I don't mean to call the guys clowns, but it was kind of a clown show what they were doing like what they were running out there before it's at least not that to start the game and you know people think highly of Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore's prospects you know if they're if they're the guys that are you know the spark plugs of your second unit you're, you're, you're thriving and feeding off of say the energy of a and an effort of a Tari Eason and however Jayshon Tate fits into the mix but the raw talent of a Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore and whatever else you've got going on there, I'm trying to think of what else even the bench would look like that that's worth discussing. Jeff uh, Green, Jock Landell. Yeah. I mean, Jock Landell is somebody who can he can dump the ball into. I, I think Tate is an interesting guy to mention, just because he was kind of there. He's always been kind of an organizer for them, and yeah. you heard them talk plenty last year when they didn't have him, just how much they missed him. Um, you know, he's not going to put up the big gaudy numbers, but. You know, he was essentially their backup point guard for a good portion of last season. At least when he played, he he kind of had to turn in to be that backup point guard. So I think that that maybe is a job that he could do, at least early in the season, as you're kind of waiting for Amin Thompson to get his feet wet and to just get you know his NBA legs under him. Uh, but I, I, I like I said, I think it, it might be a chore for them. I think maybe um, you – you know, you, you have Shengun start, but then you take him out pretty early and then you let him run, you know, the second unit kind of as a hub, kind of what we saw from from them during those 20 games when Porter didn't play. And, and he led the team in uh, in front court touches. But I don't know. Do you want to separate him from Jalen Green? So I think that they the, the Porter thing, you know, it, it hurts them, obviously, because he was an important player for them. And, you know, we haven't talked about it and I don't really want to talk about it because there's so much of it that we just don't know about at this point. Um, but from a basketball sense, it hurts. It really does hurt them. And I think that he was somebody that they were going to, to really rely on. And now it doesn't seem like he's going to be there. At least he probably shouldn't be there at any point. Yeah. Well, it, it, so in full transparency on the Kevin Porter Jr. Thing, the, the I'll, I'll just say this on the podcast, how I felt like our, best strategy to handle the Kevin Porter Jr. story. I anticipate at some point that they will be parting ways with Kevin Porter Jr. You know, like I, I'm anticipating that. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I'm anticipating that it's going to happen. I feel like when, if and when that happens, that's when we can do the uncomfortable newsy Kevin Porter Jr. Like it doesn't even have to be a whole show. Like it could just be a, a however long we want to spend on it and do it. Then I agree with you, at least for now on how we should approach it. You know, this isn't like we're, we're talking about these things and you don't want to like talk about things that you don't have a lot of information on that are, especially that are as serious as this. Like this isn't what's Raphael Stone got to do to keep his job. Like this is serious, like real life stuff. 
So I feel like we can wait until we've got more information and a little bit more clarity and finality to the story before we kind of like dive into it or or like, you know, have it have it have that be a topic. You know, uh, we've obviously got to talk about how it affects the team if, as we talk about the team. So my thought is we keep it to to that level until we get more clarity on exactly what's going to happen with Kevin Porter Jr. Everybody knows what's going on and, yeah. and kind of what the story is at this point. And we can put a pen in it and come back to it once we've got kind of like, hey, this is what's going to happen with this thing. And then we can go from there. That's so, unreasonable. Uh, but as it pertains to basketball and as it pertains to the Rockets, an open question of who will be their six-man slash – score off the bench where will the scoring come from off the bench uh we don't know the answer to that there are some theories and some ideas uh <laughs> that are out there i you know i i say play maybe you play the rookies a little more than you anticipated or wanted to or at least try it uh, or maybe tari eason kind of going back to my earlier point if Tari Eason has taken a step or become a, a, a player that's a, that's more advanced or developed than even the one that we saw last year, you know, maybe, maybe there's more there. I don't know, but that is going to be, you know, and it also speaks to how good they could be. You know, we talked about what's the floor of the team, floor, the floor and the ceiling. What, what is, what are they going to be? Well, how they find that, find a way to score off the bench is going to be, I think really, you know, important there. Um, you know, Alperin Shingun, I, I feel like we, we feel pretty confident that that's going to be a starter, but you know, do you start, do you, do you start, even if he is a starter, does he sort of become the anchor of your second unit? Um, maybe, maybe he's the first guy to come off the floor in your yeah. rotation, but then the first, <laughs> but also yeah, you play yeah. him the first five minutes, and then you yeah. take him out at that first time out, and then you bring him back for the start of the second. Yeah. And he plays, you know, the first eight nine minutes of the second quarter. Yeah, there I think go. that that's that's something that can work. Um, yeah, and you know, and you kind of if they don't have like that natural point guard, who at least you know Thompson probably is a natural point guard, but he he might not be ready from day one. But you saw them last year. Um, when Porter was out for those 20 games, it was Shengun. Well, he was the one leading the team in front court minutes. I mean, they were essentially running the offense through him. Uh, it didn't net them great results. You know, I, I think the offense might've been a little bit more efficient, but they were unable to create a lot of threes, but you know, you were asking them to, to run an offense like that for 30 minutes a game. Now you do it this way where it's, you know, maybe it's Shengun leading the second unit. Maybe you're only asking them to do that for 12 minutes a, a night. So I think that that might be, a little bit more feasible. So I, I think that Shen, you know, when we get into training camp, Shingun is obviously going to be a big topic um, because, you know, it, like with Jalen Green, it's a big year for him. You know, he's got a new coaching staff now. He's playing for an extension just like Green is. So, um, you know, he's got an opportunity to, you know, make a, an incredible amount of money here if he has a big year.